All right. Hi, Emmaus. Welcome to the Reclaim and Display podcast, episode 29, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Kennedy. Hey, Emmaus. Where's Jaron? I don't know. I'm just kidding. We know where he is. We literally know where he is, yeah. He (laughs) walked in the room a few minutes ago. So uh, Jaron came in. We're recording, actually, during Sunday school uh, the week before this this podcast goes out. So Jaron came in to make sure we turned on the computer. I just hit the record button twice, so I think I I think I have us right. Yeah, it looks like we're recording. We'll find out if we have to do it again. But uh, so anyway, he's not on the podcast right now. He's not on a mic, but we're gonna figure this out because he's not on a mic. That means we have two guests with us today. So Josh and Millie, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Yeah. So when we started uh, this podcast last year, part of our hope was we could introduce you to stories of church members. But also, we wanted to introduce you to people who are working in our neighborhoods and especially around the world. So today is a big step for that around the world piece as we think about people who are, who are doing that, that type of work. So we have a couple with us who are from the Middle East. Kennedy, maybe you want to make a quick introduction here? Just uh, say anything you want to say? Yeah, point. absolutely. Um, I've been super encouraged by Josh and Millie and just watching one them start their ministry but two just engage with the middle east they've taught me a lot um about gauging engaging with the middle east and they've also taught me a lot just about how to do discipleship and things like that so um i'm really excited that they're here yeah so we uh you know think about uh work in the middle east and a little small talk to get started so guys how's the weather uh over there so it's good to be in this cool you know, state of a hundred. Let's put it that way. You're kidding. It feels right? like spring. You You're know? kidding. Oh my goodness. So yeah, midsummer gets to about one thirty-five and humid. One hundred and twenty so on a great day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so okay. It's, it's, uh... So what I'm hearing is stop complaining, Owen. <laughs> like that's. What I'm, that's I mean, what the I'm rest of the year yeah. is amazing, right? Seventy-five in the winter time, you can have dinner outside, but uh, the summers are pretty toasty. Okay, so I was going to say something like, you know, you hear these jokes about, you know, it's the humidity you get to, or it's like, the, it's dry heat, but you're just saying it's not even a dry heat. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's moist heat, you know. Oh, that's so... Never gets below 60, ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in the, win- in the summer at night, it will stay above 100. Wow, that's, that's intense. My so. favorite story from them was when I called one day, and Millie was like, yeah, it's raining. School's canceled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> school for rain. That's true. That's a, that's a true Oklahoma story. Like, it snowed a half inch last night, you know. Yeah. You're like, school's canceled. Yeah, and you're school's like, canceled. it's raining. School's canceled. So so I take it you don't get much rain, but it is But hot. it is funny how people acclimate, because it'll be like 75, and their kids are going to school in like, puffer jackets you know they're, you know their kids are freezing at gloves hats the yeah, whole yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we are we are burning up here but i i will stop complaining so uh, it's, it's all about it's all about perspective um well we are excited obviously not to talk about the weather that's a cheesy way to get started but to talk about a lot more important things so kennedy just jump in wherever yeah. you want to on kind of what yeah. this what this conversation looks like absolutely so a lot of people listening may not fully understand like Middle Eastern culture may not understand how to engage with the Middle East. And so can you guys just kind of break down what are some things that people might misunderstand about Middle Eastern culture? Yeah, I think I think one of the first things is, you know, there's no place that everyone has the same beliefs. So even in the U.S., you know, you see this wide range of beliefs. That's kind of how it is there. That's Obviously, Islam is the major dominant religion, but you have anywhere from like moderate uh Muslims that basically believe 
Jews, Christians, Muslims all believe the same thing. It's it's kind of like ah eh, the same iteration of all the same thing. They're they, they're quite hospitable and really nice. And then obviously you have the other end of the spectrum of what you see kind of on the news, and that that does exist. But there are people all throughout that gradient, and mainly where we are is people more kind of in the moderate camp. There's a lot more people that are open to to Western ideas, and they they're absolutely Muslim. It's part of their culture. It's part of the way they think. It's part of their worldview. But they're really open, so it's it's a much different interaction than what maybe people see on the news. Yeah, I I would agree with Josh. I think the safety component for us is something that people misunderstand the most. They see things about Islam and Muslims, and they jump to that and those mindsets. But Josh and I have seen the opposite in that we're incredibly safe because there isn't there's very little crime very little violence. Um, because Sharia law is so strict, um, we don't really deal with a lot of the typical crime you would see yeah. in, you know, a town anywhere in Europe or anywhere else here. So I think we we have the luxury of feeling really safe while also having to be cautious and cognizant of the words we use. Mm-hmm. So words are what could be the most damaging and hurtful if not used correctly um yeah you could talk about when we were in the mall that very first day we were there yeah yeah the very first day we were there you know we just we needed to go get some groceries uh because of the heat there's just these huge mega malls everything is connected to a mall so the grocery store all the restaurants i mean you just have these massive malls and it makes sense once you get there because you're like, a, you know, they, they can pay for my yeah. air conditioning <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know so you go to the mall and i remember the first time we sat down you just see this sea of, of, of black, right? Women covered, come head to toe. Uh, you see men, you know, all in white. And you do have this natural response, right, that you're trained to have, this sort of, like, shock. And I remember us feeling, you know, a little nervous, like, oh, no, I wonder if people are watching us. We're kind of the only, you know, people that look like us in the mall. In Western clothes. Western clothes. Yeah. Then you fast forward, you know, years later, and it's not even, you don't even think about it. They're just, they, that's how people dress. No different than you'd go into a mall here. And actually, in fact, way less nervous than a mall here because there's cameras <laughs> everywhere, yeah. you know? And it's, it's it's just such a weird feeling that, like, I, I think there is always a natural shock factor. But then when you're there, when you're in the culture, when, you're, when you know people, like, now we'll go through the mall and run into people we know, you know, that are locals. And it's it's just kind of a normal life as opposed to that shock factor. Yeah. What do you guys, um, what do you enjoy most? I mean, it's easy to, you know, I think we hear Middle East and immediately just jump to the negatives. And, and what do you what do you enjoy? Like, what, what lights you up? What gets you excited? We love coffee, and they love okay. coffee. <laughs> you got me so, there. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, good. So that's like, good start. The coffee shops stay up until 10 or 11 there, you know, so people are just always sitting around, always talking. And you, like a coffee shop, people have dialogues. You know, they have these big, long tables, so you don't just sit at your own little table. You sit at kind of a big, long table, and we've met a lot of people. Millie's met a lot of good friends and and really been able to share with people. Uh, But, yeah, so I think, like, they just have this hospitable culture of hanging out and just very laid back. No one's really in a hurry to get anywhere, and that that allows for us to make a lot of friends. And, you know, Millie's way better than I am, but just really, really quickly getting to the gospel and engaging people. And and I, I think, like, the... You know, they have a very similar worldview of us. Like, they believe in a book. They believe in prophets. They believe in a God that at some level they're trying to please. 
So there's way more that we have in common than we kind of expect at times. And so even just the way you're talking to someone about a movie or about, you know, music, you're kind of coming at it from a similar worldview. And so there, there, there are a lot of like cousins in many ways to us. So that's kind of a different part about engaging that kind of culture, as opposed to I've spent a lot of time in Western Europe working where everything is like anti-gospel, anti-Christian worldview, yeah. anti, like we're, our views are almost silly and, uh, you know, unrefined. And there, we kind of all agree on the basic stuff. It's really the nitpicky stuff that, not, not, not nitpicky to us, right? We believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and only comes to him. But but in a sense, the, you know, we, you really kind of get down to the brass tacks of it all. Yeah, I, I would agree with Josh. I think that there's um, this deep desire to talk about things that are important. And for them, the most important thing is... Allah in their minds, they're relating to God. So it's not abnormal for us to have this conversation because it matters that much to them. They're praying five times a day. So in that way, we kind of enjoy that part of the culture that it's not hard for us to have a spiritual conversation. No one's like squirming or getting uncomfortable because it matters to them. Mm -hmm. Um, What about that hospitality piece? Like, have you, have you been? Yeah, Yeah, we love that part of it. Um, It's it's strange because men and women are separated. And so a lot of times Josh will be somewhere else and I'm in a totally another room with the so kids. So that's in the home. And yeah, well. everywhere okay. you go. So even when we invite people to our home, there's a separation factor always just because of the culture and what would be appropriate. But I mean, how many things I've learned to cook, how, <laughs> I just, I learned so much and I, I really do appreciate the, the aspect of just you know when the, when they women do get to be more comfortable in their own space they get to kind of you know I get to see clothes and what they actually wear I get <laughs> yeah. to just see this piece that um, I don't feel like everybody gets to see so there is something beautiful about getting to dive deep into the culture um, we were at a friend's house the other day and she walks up with a falcon on her arm oh. she's like this is my pet falcon oh, and nice. I'm like, okay I'm not like a total bird person but <laughs> yeah. I was really excited to get to be invited to that part my, of the culture yeah. I can yeah. imagine my wife responding to that, that really <laughs> yeah. when yeah. Millie's made some close friends and she's ended up at a couple uh, different parties or things where it'll be her, like the only Westerner and like, you know, 500 local women. And one was this big wedding, which, uh, you know, I'll make her talk about. But like, as you walked in, there was just a line of like these incredibly expensive perfumes, you know, that you're just, oh, yeah, you know, test, you know, try it out on yourself. You always got to spray yourself with perfume. (laughs) Rest assured we eat good. Yeah. So I'm yeah. guessing I'm guessing a wedding is not uh, a 45 minute no uh, no no no, no. You know, situation there. So <laughs> no, uh, it isn't, Owen. What, what, <laughs> tell us about this. <laughs> so you go in and you sit in these massive dining halls. I mean, Josh is right, probably 400 people. And when I say decked out, like prom dresses to the maximum, and they're walking around in this circle, and you know, you just. Like a bride will come out. She doesn't come out till two and a half hours into the event. You've eaten your whole food. You're sitting there. You're waiting. You're waiting. She comes out and she walks around a rotunda and she does like step at a time just to be able to be seen. And everybody's clapping and dancing and just not what we expect. And maybe the groom comes for five minutes, says hi, and gets out of there. Oh, are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh. So you don't even, and everybody covers back up when the groom comes. So, yeah, there's lots to learn, but very exciting. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Totally I can't make any comments on that idea of a wedding. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. No, comment right, no comment I make right now would be, yeah. <laughs> would, would be good. So, that's now, this time when you guys moved back to the Middle East, like now you have kids. So what's it like? Yeah 
to bring kids into this culture and how do you like use them with your ministry? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, we feel the first thing I think people are like, oh my gosh, you would take your kids to the Middle East. We feel very safe with our kids in the Middle East. We go to parks everywhere, all over town. You know, they have lots and lots of kids. So they have a culture that's very, uh, you know, is good for kids and is they think about kids. So, you know, there's lots of places where there's restaurants and outside will be a, a little park because they're thinking about these kind of things. And so, and these are like nice restaurants, not just like a McDonald's play place. And so I think like in a sense, they're, they they have built their culture around kids. So for us, it's really great. For, for our kids, it's really strange because, you know, there's probably anywhere from 12 to 40 nationalities that they're interacting with. Oh, they're wow. playing on the playground. They're hearing all these different languages, you know, Arabic, French, and, uh, you know, all these different things, which is kind of interesting that they're kind of picking up on stuff. And uh, we actually are able to send our kids to a little French nursery. So they're kind of learning some French and then they do an hour of Arabic a day. So I think in that sense, they live in some ways normal lives, but in other ways, you know, these these multicultural cultural lives and that's kind of going to be their their worldview yeah I think kids for those of you that have kids that are listening I know Owen has kids too that they're such a great tool because they see none of the same things we see they see things totally differently and they're always going to play with whoever's there doesn't matter what language they speak yeah and so there's this moment where we're we're all sitting on the bench watching them play and you have this opportunity to say well how old's your kid and where are you from and what do you believe and it it, you have what at least 30 minutes at the playground to talk about that get a phone number go home and keep that connection and yeah it's I would say a thousand times easier to do ministry now that we have kids because we have just a gateway into people's lives because of their sweethearts whenever they walk around and talk to people. So it sounds like a lot of the work you guys do, I mean, it's based in your home, mm-hmm. it's at the park, it's at the mall, those type of things. What are the other open doors? Like, how do you how do you see the gospel at work? How do you see things happening? What are, what are some of those strengths and opportunities? Well, I can honestly say most of my friends are, you know, husbands of Millie's friends, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. We see how this, we see yeah. how this, I, let me tell you, I understand this perfectly. So <laughs> um, you're no, the <laughs> one kind of event thing that I kind of have been a part of this last year, and then I'll let Millie share the you know 99% of the other ministry we do. But the one thing that I've, I've done is uh, there's a guy at our church that we go to that he's a professor, and uh, he has this kind of like faith and science talk group, and he invited me to come. And there's there's you know it's mostly Muslims, a lot of atheists, and a few Christians, and all we do is just read different books and talk about, you know, how does faith and science kind of work together. And it's been a really good opportunity because you kind of go and it's kind of this neutral playing field, but then I've been able to build relationships with people outside of it. So it's kind of like intentionally joining kind of clubs, events, or things like that, that you're really, you know, that you personally like and that you can kind of meet people with. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for, for me personally, I've found that being consistent in being at a place was really good. Okay, um, being yeah. a consistent face, obviously, um, I look different than most people there. So I am going to be someone that people see and acknowledge. Okay, she's not just 
visiting as a tourist. She's here long-term. Um, I go to the coffee shop almost every single day, 7 a.m. when it opens. There's a group of ladies that sit at one of those long tables, and eventually I got brought into the long table, right? And then you just become a fixture of the community, right? People, New people come to the table, and you just become part of the rhythm of their lives and eventually they want to hear what you have to say. I mean, eventually yeah. you're enough a part of their life that they're willing to listen. So, yeah, I think that consistency for us, just even in the last year, has been really helpful to get into gospel conversations. But we're intentional with, yeah, getting up at 7 a.m., even though don't always want to. <laughs> so. No, but, and Millie's really, really good because she's not an, a natural extrovert. She kind of, like, uh, has, has learned this <laughs> skill. But uh, even just, like, you have this casual conversation and for most people, it doesn't go anywhere. But Millie's always really good to, like, get their phone number and just basically be like, hey, you know, can I have your phone number? Like, I'd love to ask you a question about a restaurant or I'd love to ask you, you know, more information on this school or, you know, have an excuse to get their phone number and then even engage in almost, like, trivial conversation or asking for help. Most people won't take that step, but that's a huge step in building a relationship and most of the time, the gospel's not going to happen in the very, very, very first conversation. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. But if you can have a contact and have a connection and have a follow-up, then you actually really have a chance to, to build the relationship, share the gospel. And, I mean, I've, you know, I know it's awkward for her, Millie, but she has hundreds and hundreds of phone numbers, more than she can keep up with. But it's a way in which, you know, most people won't take that step. Because it is awkward. It is awkward yeah. to ask for someone's phone number, to look them in the eye, you know, they've... You know, it's, they just look at you. But most people say yes. Yeah. And most people honestly appreciate it that you pursued them. Yeah. You know, okay. So I'm embarrassed by something, but also super excited about something here. I, I think I came in thinking, man, I hope we can make some connections between what Josh and Millie are going to share <laughs> and like the, what, yeah. what we're facing here, you know? And so, and the whole point of doing this podcast was how can we help people show and tell the gospel mm-hmm. to our neighbors and the nations? Like, how can we, how can we do this? Oh my word! Like this, is, like I'm, we need to circle back just for a second yeah. here before we wrap up. Yeah. Let's make sure we get all these I- ideas and kind of synthesize together. So you guys jump in and help me synthesize. But uh, Millie, I hear you saying, be consistent. Yeah, like absolutely. you know, showing up the same mm-hmm. same places. Which we've even talked about that in terms of, um, you know, ministry projects, mission projects. We yeah. do. It's easy to parachute in somewhere, do something go out they don't see you for a year or two they would love to continue to talk with you long term yes you're saying consistency matters here get in there Mm -hmm. um you guys help me synthesize this but you go to where people are you go to the mall Mm -hmm. you go to the park (laughs) you go to the coffee shop uh you show up in those type of places and then you're trying to open up the door for a next step. Yeah. Like you just want to figure out how can I take a next a next step with someone I don't think it's natural either to talk it, it, it's not natural necessarily to turn to your neighbor and start talking. So it takes that moment of asking the Lord, Lord, give me favor. As you're sitting there, you're praying and you're asking the Lord, give me favor. I want to have this conversation. So that goes yeah. here. That goes anywhere in the world. You have this opportunity and you have the treasure of the gospel. And you have no idea if the person next to you has it or not. Yeah. So yeah. opening your That's mouth so and good. saying, hey, I want to, let's just have a relationship for a little bit and see how it works. That's so good. And, and I, I, I just to add, there in. are certain cultures that, like, even getting the phone number, like, maybe for Americans, it's very weird. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. But, like, for them, it's a normal part of their culture. Yeah. So, like, 
if you see people in town that are, you know, have their head covered or Muslims or, you know, you find out they're somehow connected to the Middle East, it is less weird for them than it is for us. I would say most nationalities. Yeah. 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 If they're new here, they're probably going to be excited to have a friend. 99% 99% of the time. <laughs> and something I hear you saying, Josh, a few times, I know you're really good at this because I've, I've heard about this, but how do you make a bridge from yeah. a regular, what we would call a regular yeah. conversation, yeah. which Millie is saying in the back of our heads, we're constantly praying through that conversation, but then to say, how do I move that to something a little more specific? Like, mm-hmm. give us some an idea on that because I, I know that's something yeah, that no, gives you with. Yeah, there's a lot of good techniques out there. Like, and I know people, uh, different kind of gospel tools. For me, it, it just comes down to as simple as it can be is I try to just listen to their lives and then say back their lives in light of the gospel, like especially. Oh, okay. so, yeah. so the idea, like, for example, um, one time I was with these two guys. Again, they were friends of Millie's friends. They were husbands of Millie's friends. And uh, we were all sitting around, and they just said, uh, why, are, why are Christian wives so much nicer to their husbands than Muslim wives, you know? Which you're you know, kind of shocked at that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I started by saying, well, we have one wife. That's a good start, you know? <laughs> and they laughed. Yeah, good, good thing about that. But, but no, I, I just said, you know, we believe in marriage that, you know, the husband and the wife uh, self sacrifice in a way that's that's modeled through Jesus loving the church and the, the church you know just kind of this relationship there and in Islam it's it's not that way right it's it's this sort of the husband is deemed by God to be in charge and the wife must must submit and it, like even that's kind of shocking in how they interact so it, it's just basically saying back what they're dealing with in light of the gospel Millie's really good at using kind of these stories or holidays or things like um, the sacrifice. Do you want to talk about like the sacrifice? Yeah, I just, even kind of what you're saying, Owen, anywhere in the world, finding that common common ground, right? If you're at a park, you both have kids. Parenting's really hard. (laughs) I don't care who you are. I don't think you've got it figured out. So talking about that common ground of saying, you know, it's really hard. I, I find this this deep desire to follow the Lord in that and get to be able to talk about your faith in something so natural, you know, and then say, how can I, how can I pray for you in parenting? I can only imagine you have three kids, you know, how can I help you and pray for you? I think there's just finding those commonalities, whatever they are, and then getting to the gospel. How does your life in that commonality how is it affected by the gospel? Yeah. How is it affected by what Christ has done for you? Anywhere in the world, that could be applicable for you know, sure. Listen, listening to you guys talk, I'm particularly excited about our teenagers listening mm-hmm. to this because I think that what you guys are talking about is so helpful for them as they're trying to have have these type of these type of conversations. So we could keep going and going and going because I'm, <laughs> I'm just getting excited about this. Uh, Kennedy, any final things going to help us uh, lay in the plane? Things we talked about before the podcast we wanted to get to anything you can think of um i'm i'm searching my brain right here so absolutely i think we as emmaus are just now learning how we can really engage with the lost and what seems to be really hard places um and so i just encourage you guys like the things that josh and millie are talking about like we can practice those things right here right now and we can use those when we go to the nations um wherever god has for us um i also would just encourage our church just to pray for josh and millie and the work that they're doing um because what they're doing is you know they're they left 
what they know is home and, you know, left family and all of these things. But what they're experiencing every day is just the Lord's work, and it's really beautiful. Um, But they also need the prayers of the church to back them up. Um, And so definitely just that prayer aspect is huge for their ministry. And we feel those prayers. I know it's kind of like mystical to say, but, you know, Paul talks about that in in all throughout his letters that he feels these prayers. And there's moments, too, when, like, Millie's going to go out somewhere and, you know, meet with 400 women by herself. And we just kind of feel those prayers of of people praying for us, of the church, you know, reaching, you know, God in intercession for us. Really thankful for y'all's long-term partnership. It's been a true blessing for both of us. So I love it. Well, that sounds like a perfect place to end is by praying. So, <laughs> Kennedy, would you uh, would you pray for these folks and yeah. for our church family and our teenagers and everybody involved, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So. Yeah. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity for us to just sit down and talk with Josh and Millie, Lord, that um, we can see the evidence of your grace, the evidence of your goodness through their ministry, God. Lord, we praise you for just the call that you've put on their life, Lord, to go and find the lost, seek out the lost, and bring them to you, God. God, we pray for their friends. Um, We pray for their friends that don't know you, that you would begin to open their eyes um, and soften their hearts to the gospel, Lord. Lord, I pray for their kids, just as they're making friends, that they would continue um, to see people as you see them, Lord, and continue um, just to show their friends Jesus through um, just how they play, how they interact, God. Um, God, I just praise you so much for the work that you're doing in the Middle East. We know that when you bring people,